0: everyone to Wellbeing Wednesdays. My name is Courtney Weaver. I'm your host. I'm also the director over at Well WVU here at West Virginia University. Today I'm joined by not one but two guests. They are Caitlin Kim, who is the Student Service Manager over at the Mountaineer Hub, and then Ozzy Yuda, who is a Peer Education Ambassador with the Mountaineer Hub. So really excited to have them on today. We're going to be talking about financial wellness and self-care. But before we dig into that, let's talk uh, a little bit about who you all are and what your role is at the university. So Kate, why don't you start? all
1: right yeah thank you so much Courtney for having us on we really appreciate it my name is Kate Kim and I am a a student service manager at the Mountaineer Hub I my role is generally you know we help students and parents coming in just with general financial aid and student account questions so if you call the hub it's likely you're talking to somebody like me we're here to you know serve our students and make the somewhat difficult or, or intimidating process of financial aid You know, a, a little bit more available to all of our students.
0: All right, and Ozzy, what about you?
2: Hey guys, hey Courtney, thank you so much for having me on. My name is Ozzy, I'm currently a senior here I'm studying management information systems and I have a minor in cybersecurity. So I'm a federal work study student here and students account. Well, actually, when I first started off, I just pretty much was kind of like doing much of customer service, you know, like having students signed in, you know, having a student's account uh, to come outside and kind of like take them and take them inside and help them with their student's account. But fortunate enough, I was, you know, being trained to actually, you know, have access to a student's account and also help them, you know, with their student's account issues and also, being said, I was also fortunate enough to be able to keep my job during the COVID because I was able to start working from home since I was being trained to work on the phone. So just like Kelly said, if you call someone in the student's account, you're probably talking to someone like me. Thank you very
0: much. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you both for giving those great introductions. So let's dive in to financial wellness as self-care. So one of the biggest things that folks can do to benefit their financial wellness is to plan ahead. So what are the some of the things that they can do to plan ahead?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I think that just understanding as much as you can about costs and aid, you know, just having the general knowledge of what's going to happen takes some of the anxiety out of it. And so one of the big things that students can do early is completing your FAFSA. You know, you probably hear about the FAFSA all the time. Some people know what it is and some people don't. But completing FAFSA, first of all, FAFSA is the free application for student federal aid. And so, It is what allows students to apply for federal aid through the Department of Education. It's a free application, you don't have to pay for it. It is based upon your family's income situation. So if you're an independent student, it's just looking at You know your tax income if you're a dependent student it's looking at your whole family but basically it's it's just you know allowing the department of education to get a a little like snapshot uh, of your financial situation and then deciding you know how how much federal aid you're able to get that can be loans that can be grants some scholarships do require student to have completed the FAFSA so that's something that you know that's a reason that we want students really to complete that and early because there are priority deadlines for example March 1st is WVU's priority deadline so that's coming up real quick it is (laughs) yeah and what that means it doesn't mean that's the last date to do your FAFSA for the year but it does mean that certain, certain aid so some funds are given to a campus and they're very limited. And so we have to have a priority deadline to say, anybody who completed the FAFSA after this simply isn't eligible because we have to make a cutoff somewhere. Mm-hmm. Other scholarships and other state aid also have priority deadlines for completing the FAFSA. So really knowing those, knowing what, you know, what, whether your date is March 1st or if it's another one, For another, like, for example, the West Virginia higher ed grant priority deadline is April 15th. So, you know, knowing what those deadlines are and making sure you're meeting them because it's not hard. FAFSA opened in October. So it gives you plenty of time to work on that and get it done. Good.
0: And actually, so last fall, for if you are a new listener, uh, we actually did a whole episode on the FAFSA with Jasmine from The Hub. And so you can always go back in our archives to learn even more about the FAFSA.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, some people are intimidated by it. They think it's like this mysterious thing that's difficult to do or, you know, yeah, it is a federal document. It's not fun, (laughs) but it's not terribly difficult and we're here to help you know we actually have a sign up on our website that anybody is who is having difficulty with fafsa you can actually sign up for a zoom meeting with one of us Mm -hmm. and we can walk you through it so you know that's definitely something to look for on the financial aid website just go to the fafsa page and there's a ton of information there and there's also links to sign up for an appointment
0: yeah well i also think sometimes people have the impression that if they fill out the FAFSA, it means they're going to get like loans or something like it's a loan application and it's not. It's just their eligibility kind of. Right,
1: exactly. Yeah, we get a lot of students saying, well, I don't want loans. We're like, okay, you know, you are going to get offered loans through this, but you don't have to take them. There's a lot more. Actually, one of the things this year and last year, last spring, last spring, we had the CARES Act. Mm -hmm. This year, we have the COVID Relief Act. It's, there's a much longer name, but, (laughs) um, and students have to have their FAFSA completed in order to be eligible for that. So, you know, just anything that comes from the Department of Education or from the federal government, you know, you're going to have to do their forms to ha- be eligible for those kind of things that come up.
0: Okay, so that, so the FAFSA is definitely related to loans and some scholarships. So talk a little bit more about scholarships that might be available that students can take advantage of
1: yeah, certainly. So one of the things that I talked that I just r- briefly mentioned there was the West Virginia Higher Education Grant. That's for our West Virginia residents. And that is a grant, not a scholarship, but it works, you know, similarly with the eligibility. Students do have to file their FAFSA. They do have to have a certain GPA and everything. That one, because it's a state grant, it is through the Higher Education Policy Commission of West Virginia. So, you know, WVU doesn't necessarily award that, the state awards it. Other scholarships and stuff, like Promise, for example, for our West Virginia students, in order to be eligible for Promise that first year, you have to have FAFSA filed. So those are the ones, those are like the big ones that we work with that I know of. Some external scholarships require a student to do FAFSA, some departments may, but it's really Kind of depends upon that. Our institutional scholarships, like our Scholarship of Distinction, our Go First, which is coming up new next year, those wouldn't require students to do FAFSA.
0: And so, on your website or within the hub, I guess, do you have a centralized kind of database that gives students like all the scholarships that could be available?
1: We do. If students go to the the quick link is scholarships. .wvu.edu that is the scholarship hub basically that is going to give information on transfer scholarships incoming freshman scholarships renewals and we also have a lot of information about external scholarships so things that are given by you know different companies or organizations that students can apply for
0: Okay, so what, what we'll do is we'll put that link in the description of the podcast so that folks who are accessing this online can click and go and, and see all what's available. So what are some other things that students can do to help plan ahead. I think the other
1: big thing is just knowledge of billing dates billing cycles. Mm-hmm. Ozzie, do you want to talk a little bit maybe about why it's important to know when bills are due and, and how that all works
2: students understanding their aid and it's a very very you know is a very imperative concept and idea you know that can never be emphasized you know personally for me as a student this concept has really helped me a lot you know i see the concept of understanding your aid and also budgeting and staying on top of things i see it as a domino effect um, by that i mean first of all you have to fill out your fafsa right so it just, it, it kind of like literally goes, you know, from feeling at your FAFSA to knowing how much aid you were awarded, you know, to actually knowing how much, you know, you are getting ready to spend for the semester or even for the academic year. So I kind of see it as a very, very, you know, excellent idea to have, you know, have things on time going on for you. And this would actually start by you feeling at your FAFSA on time and also knowing how much award that you've been you've been offered, you could always, students could actually always use the estimated cost of attendance online to know how much they are getting ready to pay uh, for the semester or for the academic year. And they could actually use, you know, how much they paid the previous year. So personally for me, the, you know, the idea of staying on top things have really, really helped me and taking care of things. uh, It's kind of like tedious, but it's really not tedious. So once you do it the first time, you kind of like get familiar with it, you know? So once you start taking care of your you know, financial aid, you know, knowing what you're supposed to do in terms of knowing how much you've been awarded and also knowing how much you are getting ready to spend, you can like get familiar with it and you would actually be extremely, you know, ready for the next semester just because whenever the award is being given, it's been given for the whole year, so let's say you get awarded like twenty thousand. It's just like a you know like a hypothetical situation. Let's say you get awarded twenty thousand for the academic year. You already know it's gonna be divided into two, so it's gonna be fifteen for the fall and fifteen for the spring. Then by using the estimated cost of attendance to online, you'll be able to figure out how much you know you're gonna pay for the semester. You know, like there are some fixed costs like the university tuition university fees department tuition department fees and also of course the health insurance but most people usually um waive the health insurance because they have their own personal you know health insurance so you could actually you know either put that as a concern. i usually tell students hey it's it's better for you to overestimate than to underestimate you know so that you would um, be on top of things and you wouldn't be taking you know surprises you know you would definitely know you know this is what is gonna be for the next academic, you know, year or the next semester. So yeah, it's, it's a very, very important concept it's a very important concept of knowing, you know, how much you are getting ready to spend, you know, budgeting, you know, making, you know, a kind of like getting ready to make your expenses and also budgeting it to know how much is gonna be for the next semester or for the next academic year.
0: Right. I know that was in graduate school and had student loans and I would get my budget or my refunds from my loans. I don't think I handled them responsibly at all because I, no one like really sat down and ever like told me about that. And so I would use it for other things that probably what weren't great in hindsight like I should have maybe saved it and then helped use it to pay it off when you know that that time came but when it comes to like the due dates like do students have to pay everything all at once or do they have an option to do payment plans oh, yeah.
1: there are a lot of options. Sorry, I'll, be, I'll take this one. Yeah. I have more to say, too. The There is an option for a payment plan, and those actually come, they start a couple months before the semester begins. So, for example, our fall payment plan will actually open in May. And so it gives the reason is it, it wants to spread out those payments and give the students ample opportunity to split up whatever balance they need to pay. The other thing is students get their billing. You know, you can see your billing in STAR. They are sent e-bills. We send out e-bills to students, mix emails throughout the semester. Like if they're still owing something, it's monthly. But, you know, those are kind of like the official bill statement and everything. But students can always see what they have in their STAR account. So it's actually really important to know how to navigate star to be able to find everything. Star is not, I'm, I'm going to admit, it's not the most user-friendly website ever, but it does have a lot of good information there. And it's, you know, if you spend a couple of minutes and figure out where everything is, it's really, really going to be beneficial and helpful. The other thing I would encourage students to to do is just like Ozzy said you know it's important to stay on top of those deadlines it's important to know when stuff is and you know we send out emails stuff is on the on your portal on the website so there's a lot of places where you can see you know when those deadlines are when bills are coming up there's definitely information out there but it's definitely really important to be looking at that and be remembering what all of those things are. I know a lot of students are like, Oh, but my parents are paying the bill. So it's not a big deal. Like they'll deal with it. Well, your parents might be paying your bill, which is awesome. Good for you. (laughs) But also, you know, your, your parents aren't getting those reminders. Your parents might have access to the parent portal. They might be able to see it, but it's, it's your bill it's your schooling and it's really important for students to take some responsibility in that and you know understand that it's the student's responsibility to check up on that to make sure that everything's okay if if a parent or your family is helping you pay for college like I said that's awesome but make sure you know go be the go-between or you know just make sure that they know all the information they need to make sure that that payment gets to WVU on time Mm -hmm. So really, you know, college is a lot of responsibility and it's, a you know, there's a lot of new things. And I I think that it can be overwhelming sometimes, but it's really important to, you know, make sure that you're seeing college as this this whole experience, you know, because if you can figure out how to manage your finances during school, I think that is really going to help you, you know, later on. So getting back to your question about the bill due dates and payment plans and stuff. Yes, we have payment plans at bills. due. what kind of happens is yes, everything's due at that point. Mm -hmm. But if you're on a payment plan that covers everything, that's good. If you have a loan coming in, that's covering everything, that's good. So, you know, it does, it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, bring in a check and cover everything that that particular minute It's really more so, do you have everything planned out and ready by that time? That's really what we're looking for with that bill due due date. And there are plenty of ways to pay. There's plenty of plans to set up. And we always try to get financial aid information out way in advance so that students are able to plan and to see what's available to them if they need to look for other funding
0: methods or not. Okay, okay. So we've talked a lot about like our tuition bills and like maybe room and board bills. So let's talk a little bit about like everyday kind of budget and maybe some tips and tricks you have. So Kate, I'd love to hear from your perspective, but Ozzy, I'd also really like to hear it from yours as a, a current student and how you budget your day to day expenses.
1: Yeah, so I'll go first, just real quick, talk about budget, and then Ozzy, you can talk about all the, from the student side because I I agree. I think you'll be more interesting. I think the important thing with budgeting is, you know, we always tell students like figure out what are your what are your monthly expenses, what are your you know expected. So if you live off campus, your rent is going to be something like that. You know, things that you know, or or monthly charges that you have like parking. And then make sure that those are first, not, you know, eating at Chick-fil-A or, you know, some of those other doing fun things. We want you to have fun, but we also want you to have enough money to live through the semester. (laughs) So, you know, I think that's kind of important. It's also, you know, budgets aren't cool. They're, (laughs) they're not something that you talk to your friends about probably like, oh yeah, I did my budget last night. It was so fun. Like, but it's it's really important and it's one of those things you know that we do have to take responsibility for and that we do have to learn about i think the most important thing for students is make your budget attainable make it realistic you know just really take a look at you know what are you getting whether it be from refunds or from a job or or, or from your savings you know be realistic about what you have to spend that semester and then figure out what is going to be the best for you moving forward all right Ozzy yeah. why don't you talk a little bit about what refunds mean to you and some of the resources that you have used as a student
2: right so you know personally speaking from a student's point of view you know perspective one thing is sure budgeting is actually unique to every student so like every student especially each student in you know any academic year has like a unique you know case so let's say uh, budgeting for an incoming freshman is definitely going to be different for a budgeting for someone who is in their sophomore year, you know, junior year or senior year. So mm-hmm. what I actually mean by that is this. So basically, you know, every student have their unique expenses. So let's say for a freshman, it's pretty certain that they're gonna have to live in the you know, in the dormitory. It's like a university policy. You know, as long as you're an incoming freshman, 18 years, you have to stay in the dormitory. So there are some mm-hmm. things you probably not gonna Put into consideration while making your budget, and which is rent. Just because your your room and board has already been, you know, paid for. You know, with your financial aid, probably paid it with your financial aid, and also 99 percent that you have a meal plan. You know, as a, as an incoming freshman, while some people in their sophomore year, uh, after living in the dormitory for in their during their freshman year, they will just transition out to to I mean, kind of like rent an apartment or to actually live in one of the university apartments, which they have to make making the payment monthly. So depending on the student situation, that is how you'll be able to try to give a budget and advice. So I never lived in the dormitory actually. So I never had to pay, you know, like one-time payment for the dorm for the semester. So I pretty much, you know, was in the rent category. So what I usually do personally for me, I know, okay, I'll, go, I'll first of all, you know, try to talk about, The freshman perspective, you know, give like my own, you know, advice. So, as a freshman, you, your room and board is going to be paid for one time for the, let's say, for the fourth semester for sure. It's going to be paid and you're going to have a meal plan, your tuition and fees, you know, all of this is going to be taken care of, you know, with your financial aid. And of course, you have to fill out your FAFSA because all these are contingent in filling out FAFSA. If you don't have FAFSA on file, I mean, unless you're trying to pay out of pocket for all of this. So, Next thing you should be worried about, you know, after having your room and board taken care of, your meal plan taken care of, is to actually know how you swipe, you know, your meal plan. You know, you already know the kind of plan you have, so you need to make a proper, you know, plan, a proper schedule of how you're going to be swiping your meal plan, you know, know how you're going to be sharing it with your friends, because of course... Truth be told, a lot of freshmen share their meal plan with, you know, a lot of students that don't even have meal plan, like softball, like their friends, they would just be, you know, swiping it for them. So you have to actually come to the understanding of, you know, this is you, you know, surviving in school. This is you eating. So you need to, you know, know how you actually, you know, use your meal plan and know that you have it for the entire semester and this is on you, you know. Then so after budgeting, after like it's gonna be like a mind budget. You know, it's not something you're gonna write down how you be swiping your meal plan. If not, you're gonna have a whole page of written down. So it's gonna be a mind, You'll be like, okay, this is how I'm gonna you know go with my meal plan. I'm gonna be so you know I'm gonna be so religious with it. I'm gonna make sure that this meal plan lasts me for the entire semester. I mean, of course, that's the point of having a meal plan for the semester. Then after that, when if you have a refund, most of the refund usually comes from loans. So, you know, basically most of your scholarships and your financial aid would actually take care of your institutional fees. Uh, majority of the refunds, majority of the ones that I've seen usually comes from what is being left from your loan. But then again, you know, as a student, you have the option to partially accept your loan amount. You don't have to accept everything. Loan is no free money. You're going to eventually pay it off, you know, at some point now. I know, I know a lot of, most of, I, I have like most of my friends here, most of them that knows that I work in the students account, they'll walk up to me and be like, hey, Ozzy, so when are we getting our refund? I'm like, do you realize that that is not a free money? Like the way you're saying it, you better like, you better actually put a name on it when I might get in my loan back. So yeah, like I said, it's not free money. You're going to eventually pay it back. So you have the choice to either partially accept the amount that is going to be you know um, okay for you for your institutional fee and also accept a partial amount that you know the refund that you know you'll be able to use for the entire semester you really don't have to accept anything but if need be if you really cause i've seen most people actually accept everything and it's not even enough and this usually applies to people that are not in state so out of state students they usually you know sometimes they actually apply for private loan so whenever you get this refund you really, 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 you know, wanna, you know, use it to the full effective. So what I mean by that is, you really wanna plan. You really wanna budget. You don't wanna make it, oh, you know, you don't wanna buy a car with it. You don't wanna buy sneakers. You don't wanna buy shoes with it. I mean, I'm not judging, but really, the point is to take the refund for school expenses. So it could be for textbooks. It could be for online learning materials. You know, it could be for personal tutoring you know most most students uh, most of their most i've seen most students that have you know private tutors that is that is their learning curve they want to have a private so they don't want to be you know in a whole crowd of tutoring environment they most of them can't really you know you know concentrate or actually you know be well tutored they want private tutors so you could use your refund for private tutoring you know stuff like that anything my advice is use your students refund for anything that is related to school you know and you would actually be proud of yourself be like hey this is what i use my refund for you know i mean it is what it is i really had to you know instead of you know on the contrary of using it to shop at amazon and making jambos you know get more richer so so yeah so that is it as an incoming freshman that is pretty much you know incoming freshman that is pretty much you know what they really need to budget you know the, the main budget that they need to do you know when it comes to getting their refund so because of course they are, they don't have to they don't have to worry about rent they don't have to worry about you know kind of like cooking or stuff like that it's just because they already have new plan so they just have to worry about using their refund or using the, the money that they have out of pocket for expenses which is cool which is related to school expenses which is school related now, coming down to the sophomores, the juniors, and the senior, you know, most of them have rent to pay. Most of them cook, like me, I cook, I barely eat. I haven't even eaten outside this since 2021. I've been, I cook, you know, <laughs> I kinda I kind of like, you know, try to not to eat outside because I'm on budget. So whenever my friends like, hey Ozzy, uh, do you wanna go get food? I'm actually on budget, you know? I'll be like, hey, so the way my bank account is set up, Okay, okay, they will say, okay, okay, so okay, we understand. you don't want to eat outside. So I'm on budget. So whenever, you know, any sophomore, junior or senior who is not living in the dormitory, who, of course, have your rent to pay, you know, have maybe parking, you know, gas, you know, there's a lot of expenses that they might be making whenever they get their refund. They should also actually have an actual budget, you know, so knowing this is how much I'm going to pay for rent. This is how much grocery shopping I'm going to make. Let's say maybe for the entire semester, let's say you just budget a couple hundred for emergency eating outside. Let's say you have homework or you have exam, you know, you have something to do, you can't really cook or, you know, you just have to order grow up real quick. You know, you set set some money aside for that, you know, set some money aside for, you know, some other miscellaneous, there's other miscellaneous expenses, of course, so by, you know, properly budgeting, you know, your refund, you know, knowing where things are going to change, you might actually end up knowing saying that, okay, it's probably not going to be enough. And that is where federal work study job comes in, you know, so that is why if you feel as your FAFSA, if you're on the EFC range of getting federal work study, just apply, just treat it like an actual Job Like, you know, where you already graduated, you have, you know, family to take care of keep applying for federal work study job, you know, if you have any, if not, you could always apply for, you know, any other regular job, you know, say part time, then you have your refund, you because refunds are one time. So you have your refund, you have your income coming from, you know, maybe your part time job, you know, you know how much you're making biweekly, you know how much refund you have, you have, you then know, you put those into consideration know how much you're gonna pay for your rent, you know, maybe for the entire year or for the entire semester, know how much you're gonna be paying for groceries. Some people shop weekly, some people shop by weekly when they get paid, some people shop monthly, you know, whatever works for you, you know, you try to set those aside, set money aside for gas. And also, you know, some other miscellaneous expenses and setting money aside for, you know, maybe, Maybe eating out whenever you don't have, you know, the time to cook and everything. You know, I'm pretty much sure when you, when you have all these planned out, when you have all these basics, you know, set up, you will be amazed how much, you know, how much of your finances you'll be able to take charge of, you know, you'll be amazed how much of your finances you're going to take control of. And if you keep doing it you know, eventually graduate, you just, you're gonna be a pro, people will think you read finance, you know, you're gonna be a professional, you know, whenever, you know, when you're done with school, you know, are you actually in the real world, you know, working, making money and taking care of family. So yeah, budgeting is very, 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 very important. It's very imperative. It's something every student, whether you're a mechanical engineer, whether you're an electrical engineer, whether you're a chemical engineer, it does, it's not only for business students, it's for every student you know, in school needs to start budgeting. It's very very important.
0: You know, something that I did a couple, for a couple years was I basically wrote down what was coming in every month. So what I was making at my job. And then I literally wrote down every penny that I spent. And so if you do that for a while, you kind of see a pattern of like, I really order pizza, maybe a little bit too much. So perhaps I'll cut back on that. Maybe make my own pizza at a much reduced rate, but I found that to be very helpful, but this is all great advice. So wrapping it up, if, do y'all have any like final thoughts or final pieces of advice for our listeners?
1: I guess not. We have a lot, I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, We have a lot of resources, different places on our websites. So Courtney, I'll make sure I get all of those to you so you can put them in the description so people listening can, can kind of look, we have, you know, some uh, tips on budgeting. We have information on loans and, you know, just how loans work. If you've never taken a loan before and are kind of intimidated by that. And then of course, like just on our, you know, FAFSA and student accounts, kind of some of the more basic things that we talked about, but there's a lot of information out there. So I'll definitely get that to you. But my advice would be, you know, if you're a student who really wants to get serious about this and you're not sure where to start, contact us and you can sit down with a peer educator like Ozzy and he can kind of, you know, you can speak to another student who's in the same situation. It's not going to be me who's been out of school for 10 years. You know, this is somebody who is in the same situation right now, who understands that, you know, you might, you, you have the, they understand the pressure of, you know, friends want to go out, friends want to, you know, eat out, whatever, Mm -hmm. but kind of, you can just talk to somebody else who has really figured it out and who understands the budgeting side of it and, and and can see the the benefits of that. So I'll give you information too about how to get in contact with us. So if anybody does ever want to, you know, talk to a peer educator, whether it's about budgeting or just about financial aid in general, we can definitely set that up. Awesome.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, for me, I would say my final nugget, my final piece of advice is file your file, sir. Just fill it out. Just just go ahead and put in the application on there. It doesn't hurt. It's free. You know, just fill it out. Even if you don't want to accept the loans, of course, it's not free money. If you don't accept it, you're not going to pay back. I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with just filling out your FAFSA. Even uh, seeing those awards going to your star screen. Just take a look at it, just smile. Take a look at what you see on there. You might be eligible for a Pell Grant, you know, other supplement Pell Grant. And also, like I said, uh, even if you don't want to accept your loan, you still could accept a pressure amount. Or If you don't want to accept it, it's really up to you. So yeah, file your FAFSA, understand your aid, understand, you know, what expenses you are getting ready to make, you know, for the next academic section or the next academic year, you will be awesome when it comes to your students account, you'll do good. So yeah. I think Uh, I have
1: one more thing we totally forgot to talk about earlier, but as a student and with your student ID, you actually get a ton of discounts different places. So don't ever be afraid to ask about that. I know nobody's really doing a lot of like going to movie theaters or traveling right now, Mm -hmm. but just one example, when we were in grad school, my husband and I went to Ireland for a vacation and we got like everything cheaper because of our student IDs. We took our student IDs, we got into, you know, we got bus tickets for half price. We got into the Dublin zoo for free, like just a ton of things that we were able to do because we had our ideas with us. So, you know, kind of mental note for the future when we're allowed to like get out and do things. But, you know, that also applies to, there's there's things like that in Morgantown here. So always ask.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Kate and Ozzie, so, so much. We'll probably have to bring you back at some point to keep talking about financial wellness, but we appreciate it. And we appreciate all of our listeners out there and we'll catch you next time on Wellbeing Wednesdays.